Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jordan Anderson, and on this episode, let's talk about how to deal with last-minute photography clients. Okay, let me kind of give you, I'll give you the outline. So the top four things I would do is accommodate, if the schedule allows, charge a rush fee. Number three is if you're not available, then find a trusted freelancer or kind of a, or recommend it to a friend. And finally, number four is politely decline. Okay, well, let's kind of get into this last minute clients. It it has, if it hasn't happened to you now, it will happen to you soon. Uh, I had a last minute client a couple years ago. Uh, I think it was, it was a wedding client. They had their wedding on Saturday morning. They gave me a call or some sort of, I can't remember if it was a call or an email, uh, on Thursday afternoon. And they said, hey, our when a videographer dropped out, we need uh, someone to come film the wedding. I was like, sure, no problem. Uh, I happen to have an open spot on Saturday. I think I was just shooting a wedding on Sunday. Um, had an open spot on Saturday. And great. I was like, okay, yeah, let me know. Uh, let's get on the phone. Let's try to figure out what your needs are, how many cameras you need. Uh, try to figure out you know, what kind of package works for you since we have such short notice. And they kind of go, okay, yeah, yeah. And then we we talked a little bit, and I we kind of talked about the package or the service offering. And they said, "Okay, um, let's get let me get back to you on tomorrow morning after I talk it over with my family to see what it is my budget is or what my dad can do." And, and I told the bride, "I was like, yeah, that's fine. Talk to you tomorrow morning. Let me know how it goes." Um, so at that point, I'm like kind of going into you know I'm starting to price out things. I'm starting to okay figure out if I do need extra gear, what, where can I get it? Um, usually I can, at a time, how I, and I, st- how I still operate now is if I need more gear, I will just simply rent it. I have my kind of basic core package of, of equipment, but if I need to rent something, then, you know, if I need a third camera or an extra camera, then, or another tripod or some more batteries, then I'll just go rent this. That's fine. With it being a day ahead, that you know usually i did like lens rental that does not work you you know um so you then i started to try to source locally and i was in such a small town that there wasn't really a um that many options i mean there was a camera store that had like a couple cameras that i could rent but it, it wasn't like really cutting it so uh but you know friday came and waited and waited and Okay, they finally contacted me at 11. You know, I'm thinking they're going to call me like first thing in the morning so we can get things going. They call me at 11. They still want to kind of go back and forth. They're kind of thinking about it. Um, I tell them it's going to be a little bit more. I tell them what the price is. And I tell them that I need the money up front because, look, if I got to hire somebody, if I got to pay a rush fee, if I got to, you know, pay a delivery fee to get something shipped overnight so I can have it for your wedding on Saturday – uh, I need to know now. And it was like, they were a little bit scared by the price. They were a little bit, uh, they didn't exactly have the cash on them. And it's just like, it was just clear on their end that they just planned this so poorly. They just, it was such a last minute thought. And it was just like, oh yeah, my da- oh uh, my dad asked me Thursday night if we're having a wedding videographer. And I said, no. And he said, why not? So I said, uh, I don't know. I'll let me go call one. Um, so that was, you know, that was the kind of scenario I was in. Uh, it ended up not going through. You know, Saturday came, nothing happened. I, you know, 
spent all this time Friday afternoon trying to put together a contract and get all and start calling uh, my friends in town to see if they were available for tomorrow so I could they could help me shoot it and it just like it never went through you know it just it was a waste of time for on everybody's part um, and the client just you know they just eventually said oh you know we're just gonna go without a video so that was on there that was them um, so it, it it was just a waste of time it was frustrating and I can only and Thinking about it now, I'm kind of glad that it didn't go through because I just think about what kind of client they would have been later down the road once we got into post-production. So let's kind of talk about that. So if you get a last-minute client that comes in and you're able to do it and they seem to kind of have their shit together, then, you know, accommodate if if. If they do call you on Thursday and you have an open slot on Saturday, then try to accommodate. You know, I don't see why I don't see what's wrong with that. Um, I wouldn't tell the client this, but you know, I've I would personally find it I find it incredibly disrespectful. I think it's like, um, and maybe that's just me taking things personally or being sensitive, but I find it disrespectful that you're calling me last minute and that you're expecting all this kind of rush service and the same quality of service and you don't know what my workload is you don't know if i'm available uh and then to kind of demand that i still give you this upfront service and that you know i find that disrespect it's like if i were just you'd be i would be a complete asshole if i just like went up to my mechanic or something and said like i need you to fix my car right now drop everything you're doing i don't care what you have on the schedule you need to work for me right now it's like dude you know, screw you. Like that's that's not how we operate here. Um, and with that, I mean, you, you're having to take on some new added stress. So you're now having to kind of drop everything to get. You know, my Friday was shot for that day. Like I there was, I was not going to get anything else productive done or work with any other clients because I was trying to make sure that this client got exactly what they needed. And so that yeah, there's just this new added stress. So with that stress. And it's going to go to my second point is that you need to charge a rush fee. And let's talk a little bit about price sensitivity, price gouging. Um, I want you guys to Google in your spare time the Cobb value curve. So C-O-B-B value curve. And there's this little diagram and it's, you know, it's just a simple chart and it's got a little line graph on the left side, the left, you know, the left vertical axis or the vertical axis, it's value added. So low value to high value and on the x-axis the bottom you know left right line stay with me folks uh it's starts from zero percent work available all the way out to 100 percent work available when there is a crisis that you're running into and the client needs your work right now and what Cobb calls this is the nuclear event price sensitivity is kind of out the window you know you're on trial for murder and you it's like the biggest it's the case of the century you don't care you need like the best lawyer lawyer you can get you don't care how much it costs because it's either you know you go to jail for the rest of your life or you get off free so you're going it doesn't matter you're going to pay whatever is necessary to get it working you know if uh if they say, for example, like a, a big mega corporation is having some sort of PR crisis or they, uh, you know, their CEO said something super offensive or they got caught recording doing something horrible, then it's like, you know, you to hire that PR team, it's like you need crisis mode. I don't care how much this PR team costs. We like our company might 
tank after this or our stock price is going to go down. So we need to pay whatever means necessary to get this working. Same with the bride and groom on, you know, for this Saturday wedding. They don't care how much it costs. Daddy doesn't care how much it costs. It's like you need, we need a wedding photographer. We can't go without one. We're not going to have this wedding without a, a photographer. We need one. I don't care how much it costs. So use that to your advantage. I'm not saying, I'm not saying price gouge people or, but there is an understandable rush fee to this, that if you're having to drop everything, you're having to rent equipment, you're having to show up at this place and there's, you have to charge you, you, I mean, I think in some cases you can charge two X, five X, uh, your price that you typically charge or some sort of rush fee, something on top to make this all worth it, to make all this stress and BS that you're having to deal with, with this client who does not have, uh, very good scheduling, uh, etiquette and just kind of is expecting you to do, you know, whatever you say, you know, they're expecting you to do whatever they want whenever they say so. So it's like, all right, happy to do it, but it's going to cost you. So uh, don't be afraid to charge an exorbitant amount of money that you normally feel comfortable charging. Raise your prices on this. Do not charge your normal rate for something that is a rush job. The next part of that is with charging a rush fee is that you have to have the cash up front. You do not have a rapport with this person. You have not sat down and had dinner with them or had coffee with them or met them or FaceTime them. You just basically had a phone call and a couple emails and you don't have, there's no rapport. There's no trust built up. And it's not saying that these people are, aren't trustworthy, but there's, it, you haven't put in the time to build the relationship. So when you don't have that relationship to say, oh, I trust this person that they'll give me the money, you just say, look, I, I you know, this is a rush job. I need the money up front. I need 100% all the money up front. It's, in a way, it's kind of punishment to them. I'm not saying be punitive to them. I'm just saying that you, you need the money up front because you may have to pay, you know, usually you because typically you would have booked months in advance. You need to have time to kind of plan for this and time to call your friends and make sure you have a freelancer on hand or a second shooter on hand. And you'd have the equipment all planned out and the travel expenses. Right now, there's no time for that. You need all the money up front. And I want to repeat this to you. Or in other words, let me emphasize this. You will not do anything until that money is cleared and on the way to your bank. I know it's probably like, you know, a couple of business days for it actually to hit your account. And I would say only do the work until the bank hits your account. But don't rent anything. Don't book anything. Don't hire anyone. Don't sign any contracts uh, for on your side until that money clears. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm talking when I say contracts, I mean like contracts with your freelancers or in any some sort of freelancer agreement. Um, don't do anything. Don't go ahead and click book now lens rental or call a rental house and get your gear put together uh, because you don't have the money right now and you need their money. It's, you're not going to spend money out of pocket to make this work because, you again, you don't trust these people. You don't know them enough and you don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, just kind of remember that. Okay, so the third point, if you're not available, which happens, you know, hey, can you work for me on Saturday? I know it's last minute. No, I'm not available. I'm actually already booked that day. Um, this is where you start to kind of, um, this is where your network comes in. This is where you kind of 
do a little social networking. And if you're not available, then you can refer these clients to a trusted freelancer in the area or recommend it to a friend. Um, and I would say if you recommend it to a friend, hey, man, send me a finder's fee, 20%, dog. Um, but just be re- careful when you're re- referring to your friends. I, I, I kind of like to keep this rule. Good friends don't send over shitty referrals. You know, if you are about to send over a referral and you're having to write this paragraph long description as to why the client is so bad and forewarning them and, hey, look out and make sure you get your money up front and uh, they're not going to give you enough money or they're not going to ch- give you these certain courtesies, um, don't send it. If you're about to send, don't send your friend shitty referrals, even if they, you think they need the money or even if they're just, you know, even people just starting out, don't send them shitty referrals and, and like bad clients should not be passed around. Like if it's a bad client, then they should stay isolated and not go on to any other, like they're bad clients. Don't, don't spread the, the negativity and badness and stress to your friends because, that's just not what good friends do because then it's like, what do you think? Cause the, on the receiving end I've, and I've received bad referrals and it's like, Hey man, I got this gig on Friday. Uh, I can't work it, but you might be able to the client. You got to make sure you get your money up front. He's only going to pay you 10 bucks an hour. And it's like, dude, what? Like what? You know, and, and he's going to want you to use your own gear. He doesn't have his own. It's like, why you're sending me all these warnings. Why? Like, this sounds like the worst client ever. Why would I agree to this? Why should I? Why? Like, why are you sending me this? So it, it comes off as disrespectful, to be honest. Um, so be careful with this. But, if, you know, if you don't have the time and they seem like a good enough client, then, hey, this might be something good. Send it over to a friend. Um, the final point is if you can't make it and you, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work and that it's just going to cause too much unnecessary stress, then just politely decline. Don't You don't have to refer it to anyone. You don't have to pass it around. Um, because, you know, they might be bad clients. If they, especially a wedding, like if they're, you know, you have months and months to plan your wedding and you're calling me the day before, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of disregarding the whole like, you know, a photographer dropped out or they got sick. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I'm last minute. You don't like, oh, we need to. Oh, we forgot to book this. It's like, look, I get being forgetful. But if you are forgetful now or you are a stressful client now in this in these only 30 minutes that we've just met on a Friday afternoon when you need me tomorrow. um, If you, you know, if this is how you're going to treat me during the production process, then how do you think they're going to treat you in the post-production process when they're editing photos or you need to get the final payment from them or you need their approval or you need them to uh, send you notes, client notes. It's like, you know, it's just going to be, it's clear that they're going to be stressful. It's clear that they're, it's, this is not worth your time. Like they're, it's going to be more stress. And that, and that goes back to charging a rush fee. Charge extra. Make this worth your time. If you really want to do this and you're really going to go through with this, then make sure you make it worth your time. Like, make it really worth your time. Not just a little bit like, oh, you know, they they pay me pretty well. Like, no, make this like, this is uh, 4X, 5X, 6X what I uh, typically charge. And I'm happy to do this BS work and the stress is all worth it because I'm making a boatload of money. That's, That's what... That's the give and take it should be. Okay. So, all right. 
kind of like reliving some of these last minute client problems. Okay, so that's how to deal with the last minute photography client. That's how, if uh, if you have any questions, send it over to me. Um, yeah, send me a DM on Instagram, may, or uh, maybe you've had a bad client. I'd like to hear about your bad client stories. They're always fun. Um, thanks for listening, guys. My name is Jordan Anderson, and I'll see you on the next episode. Okay, episode's over. Before you swipe away, I have two things for you to check out. Okay, maybe three, but just kind of stick with me. Number one is my daily email for photographers. Each day, I'm sending out short, actionable lessons on how to improve the business side of your photography business. You'll learn about marketing, strategy, pricing your work, and so much more. Sign up for the first five lessons on jordanpanderson.com. It's my name with .com. It's, it's pretty easy to remember. Number two, and this is a big one, I'm offering one-on-one coaching for photographers who are looking to accelerate their business, get consistent leads, and build a brand they're proud of. Schedule a time to chat at jordanpanderson.com slash coaching. Last is number three. It's this podcast. I'm not asking you to subscribe or go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a little bit, it's a little bit overdone. But I am asking you to go back, find an episode that resonates with you, download it, and give it a listen. My name is Jordan P. Anderson. I help photographers who hate marketing, and I'll see you on the next episode.